the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are in the eye of the hurricane with Coach Shakur, the official podcast of Manatee Hurricanes football with your host, Chad Choate, and head coach of the Manatee Hurricanes, Yusuf Shakur. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of In the Eye of the Hurricane with head coach Yusuf Shakir. I'm your host, Chad Choate. We want to thank you, as always, for joining us as we talk everything Manatee Hurricane football. I'm joined, as always, with Manatee football head coach Yusuf Shakir. Coach, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Let's get right into uh, to last week's game against Kissimmee Osceola. Uh, tough loss Friday night and, and obviously a, a very wet game uh, at Joe Canan Field at, at Hawkins Stadium. Uh, we lost to uh, a non-district game to Kissimmee Osceola, 13-0. Give us your overall evaluation of last week's game as you've been able to take a look at it over the weekend and early part of this week. Oh, of course, you know, obviously, turnovers, kills. Just can't turn the ball over. from my standpoint I think it kind of reminded me of the beginning of the season a little bit some of those mistakes that that's what we saw in Palmetto and, and Braden River some of those uh, you know turnovers that obviously you know like you said it doesn't matter who you really play when you turn the ball over multiple times uh, it's it's hard to overcome those those turnovers um, and then against a team like Kissimmee Osceola they're seven and one now they'll probably went out the rest of their way and end up nine and one or eight and one I think they missed the game I don't know if they're gonna make it up but they'll end up nine and one and I think they were top eight in eight a so it was a, it was a good ball club that we faced um and some challenges you know for our offense and, and for our defense let's get a little bit about our offense obviously the turnovers um it looked like you know we, we maybe come over that hump a little bit last three or four games before uh last Friday 
rain have to do with it? Execute. I mean, you know, does the rain help? You know, obviously doesn't help necessarily in execution. Didn't seem like it was as much of rain it was in Palmetto. Um, it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit. Hey, we're towards the end of the season here. No, um, you know, if, if anybody knows our team knows that Napoleon was out banged up. Everybody knows that Marquez was out banged up. And another star receiver, Chris Ray was out banged up. So people really know our team. Know and understood that we were without three starters key positions and so for us and then like I said there's no I think they know we're all locked up. So you know, we had to we had to play a kid for our matter and see that came up from J D because we were just so banged up at, at positions. Um, so like you said, if, if people really know our team and know who we are, they know early in the season and, um, we, we we were banged up and we got some guys back out who've been unfortunate, you know like this is just like the craziest year I've ever dealt with with injuries and really not even football. It just creeps in like Markel's been out for a couple weeks with turf toe. You know, yeah. It's like, okay, you know, this ain't, that ain't even nothing that's, you know, called really by, you know, anything that's really on the football field. Right. And so, uh, it just, you know, when we have inexperienced people out there on the field, you see inexperienced issues. You see some of those issues from before. You know, when we have an experienced group out there, you don't see those issues. So I think that's just a major deal with everything with us on offense. You know, you got a young, experienced quarterback, you got a bunch of inexperienced people around, uh, you don't work out. Yeah, there's going to be some issues. Yeah. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, Friday, one, hopefully it's it's dry, it's a, it's a nice night. Um, and, and some of those guys come back, as, as you said, who've been out on injury. On defense, though, Friday night, um, looked like it probably took us maybe two or three drives to maybe a quarter to really get what what they were doing offensively. And we talked about that last week during the podcast. It's it's hard when you can't simulate it, an offense like they run with that double wing and a lot of their motion stuff and their counterplay. Um, and and so I know I know that that defensively um, we gave up maybe you know a pretty big play run wise. Um, first series, they did drive down and, and they scored, but getting 13 points up, I think they've been averaging almost 30 points a game, somewhere in that range. Yeah, it's their lowest point total all season. Yeah, so, so that obviously tells us we're doing good things defensively. Yeah, and it really was just that first drive we gave up that touchdown under the map, though. They didn't score till the second quarter, then the fourth quarter off of those field goals, and really, uh, those situations, those weren't short field goals either. No, they were good. He had a great leg. So, um, so for us, and, you know, actually both times, you know, came out the turnovers, so that's when our goals run up, you know, touchdowns at the tournament. So I know those situations, I thought the kids played better with them in that, in that situation. And like I said, you, like, you, can't, you can't simulate the speed of the team, you know, because it's just nothing you see. And it's the speed, tempo, and efficiency of it more than anything else. Uh, you can just try to make sure you get your kids prepared mentally as much as possible. And, you know, using the first drive, you've got a whole eight, you know, let's just be in place. And, right. But, you know, we had to sit on touchdown when we had guys had a chance to make tackle, they didn't make tackle. So, you know, it's, 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 it's an execution at the end of the day. It looked like they were they their probably biggest success play. Not, I mean, I didn't break down film and see what it was, but it looked like it was probably their counter play, yeah. you know. Um, yep, that's usually where they where they have a lot of success. Tell everybody out there what that, you know, what is it for the defense to watch it? It's hard to explain in person. It's better if you have a board and you show exactly what they're doing. But what is the offensive line doing 
And why do they call it the counter? Didn't they come back and go the other way? What What is the defense looking at to make it why it's so difficult? Well, it's like like the root word, um, the word counter, and say you know you counter doing what you you look like you're doing one thing, but you counteract what you're actually doing. So so you're doing the opposite of what you actually look like you're doing. So you have two, you have a garden tackle or two people. You know some people run the, the garden wing. Uh, but they were doing the garden attack when they were pulling back to the opposite way. But it's looking like it's going one way, but it's actually coming the opposite way up. And so you have to be disciplined inside of your keys. So basically half of it, really, if you look at the people in the box, eight people are going one way and three people are going the opposite way. And that's where the ball is going. Right. So it can, it can become very confusing. Yeah. Sometimes as offensive players, you're liars. No, are big no, liars. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and, and it was just hard to explain. You know, when I was doing the broad, it's hard to explain that you're looking at keys and, and one key's going the one way, one's going the opposite. Which way do you go? Especially the linebacker play. And I think I think with the wing T penetration on line scrimmage is huge. I think linebacker play is one of the biggest parts of, of really defeating the wing T and not getting caught up in blocks. I think sometimes when they had some of their big plays, we were caught up in blocks. They were guessing. Yeah. You know, and, um, just not being focused and locked in at that moment. That's what it comes down to. Uh, in those situations, you know, we have to execute the techniques that we're taught that we're supposed to do. I did think, though, um, their, their quarterback was obviously a big explosive guy for them. Yeah. But we kept him pretty much in check all night, which I thought was pretty good. Um, we'll go into a, a team this Friday that's got a lot of weapons. And so when you can stop one and make them use others, you know, especially their best one, hopefully that's something we do this coming week as well when we, when we hit Venice. Uh, one thing just to, to kind of touch um, offensively, I thought, you know, we ran the bottom of what the final numbers was. Phelps maybe had like right at 100 yards. Maybe yeah. ran about 130 to 150 yards rushing. So I didn't think rushing was was too bad, especially for a defense that is really solid. I mean, their front seven yeah. are are big guys, move really really well, yeah. and they've always been like that there at Kissimmee. Yeah. Uh, but I thought we would move the ball, you know, that way again. It, it was turnovers that ended up killing us at the end of the day, and, and also missed opportunities like Jaleel's getting you know back. He's back in the game uh, for first you know being out a week or so, and um, he had a chance there to, to catch that touchdown. Yeah. Maybe he does, and maybe it's different. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he catches it and we lose. Still, I, I don't know that. But just some of those things like that, I think we can correct um, and be ready for Friday night. Almost definitely. You know, the guys just have, like you say, we, we did a good job of moving the ball. It's just being consistent, you know, and, and people executing when they're supposed to execute and, and not having uh, brain lapses, you know, about what to do and how to do it. All right, well, that's all we got for Kissimmee Osceola from last week. Um, Stay tuned and don't go anywhere. We'll be right back as we talk uh, Venice and Manatee Hurricanes Friday night. You're listening to In the Eye of the Hurricane with head coach Yusef Shakir. Champions aren't made by sneaker companies, social media, or television networks. Champions are forged by Florida's merciless summer sun. One more sprint ran in the sand. One more set of bench presses and one more hour of rep after rep after rep until perfection is reached and character is made rock solid. Coming soon, the Hurricane Champions Foundation will provide the resources needed to cover the cost of special projects and gear needed to ensure that our Hurricane athletes participating in all sports have the resources and opportunities they need to match the size of their hearts and the depth of their dedication. The Hurricane Champions Foundation, supporting Manatee High School Athletics. 
champions are made. Details coming soon. Welcome back to In the Eye of the Hurricane with head coach Yusef Shakir. I'm Chad Choate. Joining me now again here is uh, Coach Shakir as we preview the game for Friday night. Uh, big game, district game, uh, at an at a opponent that we know really, really well, uh, Venice Indians, down in uh, Powell Stadium, down there in Venice. And, um, Coach, just first let's talk about, I mean, you've, now this year we've played them every year that you've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever play them when you were at Lincoln? No. At all, or maybe Gibbs? Uh, no. no. So so you played them last couple years in a row. What do you see – similarities between what you've seen the past couple years and this year's team and then give me something you see different what's what's different about them from this year than other years well the same you know they're going to be efficient with what they do Uh, they keep it very basic very simple they try to play fast as possible on offense Uh, defensively real fundamentally sound in their techniques and they try to make sure that they you know load the box they're going to play an eight-man box and try to make you get out of your comfort zone and what you're doing you want to stop the run uh, they haven't. They aren't as big as they were the first year I came down. They were very uh, big um, on both sides of the ball, especially in the defensive front. Uh, but they're not as big as that what they were before. So that's the difference. And uh, you know, the first two years, you know, I played when they had all. Uh, the first year I played when they had the Carpenter kid that was kind of a dual threat. And last year the guy kind of they was just a, a, a wolf kid. He was just kind of a thrower. Uh, and this year they've kind of played by three different kids back there. You know, first two years it's like those two kids, that's it, nobody else. So they kind of, they've been playing a lot of different kids uh, from us. And the, the starter got hurt, uh, number eight, and had some concussion issues. Uh, so, you know, you want to wish the kid the best in that in that situation. And you never want, you know, kids to be hurt or, you know, have something that can affect them, especially in the future. Uh, so, you know, they've now they're playing two different kids, nine quarterback. Uh, <laughs> An athlete, you know, he started the last two games, and they kind of kid, kind of, you know, kid in that they just he throws the ball. So uh, it's a little bit, I won't say predictable, but you kind of can know what's going on as compared to having a dual threat guy back there. Uh, and last year they had a, a big tail back, a 200-pound kid. Uh, this year the backs aren't as big, but you know, the number two, he still he was played last year. He runs hard, you know, very physical, and like they they're still very good up front on the offensive line. Uh, what they've been able to do, they do a good job of being good technicians uh, and, and doing a play with, with great effort. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the core of who they are is basically how they work and how they operate is still the same. And, uh, but um, the size is very different on defense as compared to you know, the first year I was here. Um, the Indians are coming in. I think they're, they're five and three, yeah. um, and three losses to to pretty darn good teams. Obviously, yeah. one against Riverview, uh, one or two uh, to Jacksonville, Trinity Christian. Um, no, um, IMG and St. Francis. IMG and St. Francis. So they they come back and beat time. them. That's right. They came back and beat them up there in Jacksonville. Yeah. But obviously, IMG St. Francis. Even last week, yeah. St. Francis beats IMG 35-7. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. obviously, St. Francis is a real deal. We know IMG locally here has got great talent and stuff. And, and, and Riverview just won another district championship again this year. So three losses to, to very good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, just watching film. What were I mean? Obviously, some of it may just be the better players they're bigger faster stronger was there anything in those films that you saw that that um were the same maybe was it was it the run game if you're able to run on them that that's maybe the difference you'll be a little more successful is there anything you can kind of pin out well, that I, you I see think that's the main thing you know you can run the ball because all the teams that were that beating them all basically you know present very class have always been that, that we're able to run the ball uh, and we're successful
successful in that situation. Uh, so I think that's, it, you know, as we all know, you know, if you can run the ball, you got a shot. Right. So yeah, that's what we're looking to do. Uh, all our backs are healthy again this week. Good. So uh, we look, we, you know, we go in uh, offensively uh, with our backfield, you know, as intact as possible. So we, we're, you know, we're excited about that. And, you know, we, we have some guys up front, I think, that come along. And I think they understand uh, what they need to do to execute this week. So we're looking for uh, a chance opportunity to go out there and be physical as possible. I think one thing that I see from Venice and, and just being around here, around Manatee and around CM Manatee, Venice play a lot, They the continuity in their staff, I think, goes – um, sometimes unnoticed. So obviously we, we know that Coach Peacock's been there a while, but he's basically had the same staff. Larry Shannon, as a, as a defensive coordinator, he's pretty much been the OC. He's had some different guys in and out a little bit there with some quarterback stuff and some offensive coordinators, maybe Cooley back in the day and stuff, but pretty much all 10, 10 to 12 guys on varsity being the same. What does that do for a coaching staff? I mean, the continuity like that, having that date, you know, you know, year in, year out. Oh, yeah. When you know you got guys you can depend on year in and year out to do their responsibility and execute, uh, it's basically just like having the same players for 10 straight years. Sure. You know, so you just you know what you're getting, and then you know the expectations, and then everybody knows their role and executes that role. Don't nobody try to do too much. Don't nobody try to do too little or things. And so that people don't realize, you know, you look at uh, – you know, highly successful staffs, you know, you look at the continuity and then and it goes directly to that, you know, uh, you know, programs I've been part of, you know, they have very successful years, you know, have continuity, you know, everybody knows what's going on, everybody knows what to expect and it's a high level of demand placed upon the kids and it's one message being said, it ain't multiple messages, it ain't multiple things, you know, and then that, that's so important for kids, when kids know that, hey, you know, this is how coaches, and then also on top of that, when you have the same of kids, when a kid goes through your program for years, especially his third and fourth year, he can help that freshman that's coming in, you know, hey, this is how things don't go. This is coach so-and-so. This is what he expects. This is what he does. And that's so invaluable to having that success and what goes on inside of your program. Um, talk, let's talk a little about their offense. Um and again, like you said right there at the beginning, they kind of do what they do offensively and defensively. I do think this year they're a little different in the years past, but they don't have that dual threat quarterback. So um, when number 11 comes in at quarterback, uh, you, you pretty much you know either going to hand off, you're going to see it, or you're going to see a throw. Um, I believe number seven's their their athlete. He comes in, he'll pull the ball a little bit, run a little bit. So I haven't really seen too many passes from him. Only about four attempts on the year when he's been doing it for the past two or three weeks. Um, so they are a little bit predictable, but they still run what they run. They run that kind of that spread offense, mm-hmm. stuff that we've seen. Um, they obviously have a great addition in, in Malachi Weidman at wide receiver. Yeah. With it, with a kid like that and, and athleticism that, that he has, what does that really pose to the defense? Um, what does it do that defensively we got to do to to stop him? Um, and not say that he's their only offense. Of course, Taylor at running backs is very good um, as well. But but how do you stop a kid that that is is he's a Division one guy he's going to Florida State, I believe already. What do you do to to game plan towards that? Well, you just try to make sure you focus on technique and just look at the scheme of what they're trying to do. Uh, you always try to take someone's scheme and their personnel, so you try to see which one you can take advantage of the most. I can go from there. 
Um, it looks like they're they're pretty balanced. Um, yeah, yeah, fifty six. They ruined the yeah. So basically So Bomo, yeah, pretty much fifty fifty. And and some of that may have been too when when Dela Costa was in as a, as the as the quarterback before Overstreet comes in. Um, you know, maybe they're maybe a little more run just just because of that. I think they were a lot more run. Yeah, in the beginning here. Take the shots. You know, the two big receivers. You know, number one and number nine, Will Kid. They're big targets. So you really just yep. got to put it in that area. They've thrown for about 15, 1,500 yards total. Um, the, the the key key thing to me is is I see with uh, with with Overstreet, who's now the the quarterback, kind of more passing quarterback, ten touchdowns and six interceptions. Um, you know whether that's on him, whether it's on on whatever the interceptions might have been. That to me is somewhere that that maybe we can we can take advantage of. Um, we've got some some great turnovers this year from our back end. I think six or seven guys have gotten at least one interception this year mm-hmm. from from our team. So that's something that 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 we have had success with. I'm I'm sure that's something y'all as a staff um, are looking at when with the run game. What's their run scheme? What's their technique? You know, we talk about spread. Um, well, they focus on they, they like to run down, but mostly the gap scheme. They like to run the trap and they like to run the fold. So. They're not as much of an inside-outside zone team. They're a downhill gap scheme team. So they're trying to get physical with you. Um, really not a whole lot of, just looking at some of their numbers, not a whole lot of explosive plays. Running back, their, Taylor's longest run is 34 yards, so not a whole lot of explosive runs like that. It's more methodical, and, and I think that um, the more likely, of, of a, especially at high school level, we talk about the kickback all the time, mm-hmm. or touchback for us, you know, for a team to go 80 yards is, is, is not going to happen every single drive. Um, and so big plays is something that we've definitely got to be able to stop as, as moving forward. Uh, defensively, doesn't look like they, they've gotten, you know, they're not, they're not, they don't have a crazy amount of sacks. They've got about uh, 11 or 12 turnovers, I think, just like us defensively. Um, we may actually be a little more than that now, but um, but they're averaging about maybe two a game, something like that, maybe one and a half, whatever. But their defense, 4-2-5, pretty basic. You talked about it. They do what they do. Um, they don't do a whole lot of blitzing. They don't They don't really bring anybody. They kind of just, this is how we're going to play, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah, they basically try to keep And they're really things. successful. They try to keep things in front of them. They try to keep a top on the secondary, and they try to cloud your, your underneath throws by having that those five people basically underneath, you know, really um, in, in that situation, you know, because uh, try to do as much as possible. Uh, with that, and they really try to force you to basically uh, they try to clog up the middle and get you to run sideways, you know, which is you know, what most defense, good defenses try to do, you know, clog that middle, get you to run side to side, and try to make small windows for your quarterback to throw underneath, especially in a high school game. And uh, I'm not equating skill level to or anything like that, but to me on their back end, they run, you know, pretty much cover three, mm-hmm. almost very similar to what Sarasota gave us, mm-hmm. where they loaded the box, and eight people in the box, so we're going to stop your run, throw on us. And, and we did. We had a pretty successful night throwing the ball. Uh, and, I, and I don't know if it's just kind of maybe hard to explain over airways here, but to me, their corner play, they, they had that open look where they're kind of uh, parallel to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. instead of in a back pedal. Um, to me, is there anything there we can take advantage of, certain routes, certain things we can do to maybe take advantage of some of that alignment? You just don't see that a whole lot with corners. Yeah. Um, is there anything that, that we can – I don't want to give away too many secrets mm-hmm. or anything. We but just got to be efficient in what we do. And we just got to match their consistency of how they play. Well, I think they have a lot of older kids that are playing. I think they start like seven or eight seniors on offense. Uh, defensively, I think they start like six seniors. So, you know, for the most part, they're veteran. Uh, they're the most veteran team, even though, again, some of the 
some of those guys have transferred in. So, but you know, uh, uh, a lot of guys transferred in and playing a lot of football, so they're veteran guys. So, and the thing about the difference between veteran and young guys, veterans are usually consistent. You know, young guys are usually inconsistent. Right. So they just they don't understand the, the the sense of urgency of right now and how important every single play is, and that's what kids learn with experience. Uh, and for us, you know, that's the thing we have to make sure we go in and execute that offense because, you know, we don't play a lot of seniors on offense. So you know, our kids just have to understand the consistency of what needs to be done. If we go out and we're consistent and we're physical, uh, then we, we have a shot to do some, some very good things for our tonight. Uh, so just catching up on some of the health stuff. Napoleon's back. Yes. We're good there. What about Markel? Is Markel still battling or he yeah. is back? Yep. Turf toe can be a weird thing. It, is. it can all of a sudden be okay and then, bam, one cut. And, and it's back and it's and it's there. Um, nobody in the game really, you know. Oh, what about um, Jordan Alexis? I know he he came off a little he was, hobble. He was a cramp. Okay. He had, a, he had rolled his ankle. Okay. A little bit, but he's good. He's been practicing all this week. Um. Look good on defense. Good. Everybody's gonna want to know. Mm-hmm. Number ten, I wrote Jackson. Um, have you got anything back from it? Do you want to say? Um, no, I think that's a that's a personal issue. Uh, perfect. With our program and, and with him, and you know, we just gonna keep that person. Okay. One last thing. I know you don't like talking about it, but I but I got to. I told you last week I got to talk about playoffs. I'm on the other yeah. side of the mic now. Doesn't really change for us. We flip flop a little bit, a little couple of extra points there. Um, and this is just this is just, look. We all know Friday night you win, you're in. So yeah. it doesn't matter. The yeah. points up can be thrown out the window. You win the yeah. district, you're in. So we know that's what that's it is. What Friday. I focus on. We know that's what it is Friday. <laughs> but here's yeah. what I want to say about it. Yeah. So so. What what is insane to me mm-hmm. is uh, that there's a team. I'm not gonna put any names or anybody <laughs> like that. There's a team right below us yeah. that uh, we handedly beat. Mm-hmm. Okay, not gonna put any names out there. Uh, they're five and two, mm-hmm. but uh, their opponent's record is probably point three five. Okay. Yeah. There may be a scenario. Mm-hmm. Now I haven't crunched numbers, yeah. but there may be a scenario. If we lose Friday and we win the next Friday, mm-hmm. okay, then we could potentially flip flop with them. <laughs> and numbers wise, yeah. not only did, were they, it was, it was a running clock, okay, and again I'm not gonna say any school's name, but it's a running clock, and they didn't play half near opponent opponents as we did. Mm-hmm. So then does it come down to looking at stuff like that? Does it come down to maybe it's not? Oh, let me let me schedule all these you know really good opponents. Mm-hmm. Let me schedule some of these teams that I know I can beat so that my percentage, my own winning percentage is up. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And it doesn't reward you. I, I, it doesn't. It, reward again, you I, I think we're bit. we're trying to reward people for playing such schedule. Then all of a sudden, sometimes it comes out not. It, it's not going to be a perfect system. I don't know if there's ever going to be a perfect system. That's why I always. I, always I don't ever know what went wrong with just runner up and districts. Play it on the field. But you know, it is what it is, and and we're going to play it on the field Friday night, and it's going to be a fantastic game. We look forward to it, Coach. We want everybody to come down. A uh, huge game, district for the district championship Friday night, Powell Stadium versus Venice Indians. Uh, be there 7:30. If not, we'll be on the air uh, at seven o'clock for the radio show uh, and live stream as well. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. Tune in next week as we talk about the game Friday versus Venice Indians and get ready for Miami Jackson the following week. As always, go Canes, go!